This time on TNT. I went to see Sloan in Truro, buds. We have high school confidential. And we hear all about Jer's trip to Nashville. That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hello. Hello, love. Hey, love, how are you doing, mate? Oh, Hello. Yeah. There he is. Let me give you, let me give you a little grub here. Oh, go, 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 go. Hey, how are you, mate? Hello, puppet. Let me scratch oh. you on the top of the head. Let's just give you a little bit of a... Oh, how you doing, mate? Good and how's, Mr. Guy? <laughs> They're, like, grabbing each other all over their bodies. Yeah. So trying like, to out, oh. like, hey, yo, each other. <laughs> hello, hello. Right as rain. There bum. he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How many of those, how many rounds of that could you stand before you're like, please stop? <laughs> well, you're violated on the first one. Hello, right? hello. <laughs> That's your father, mate. Oh, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Squishy pen rolls, isn't it? <laughs> like, I remember I had the uncle that would grab me and, like, do the arm lock behind my back. Yeah. So violating. Well, I, as you know, I have a theory that you can call someone anything you want as long as you're going for the hug. Get over here, you little kitten banger. There he is. If you're going yeah, for the hug, that is your get out of jail free card. But when you have the uncles that were like in the war and they just got that like physical abuse is yeah. like just some fun, love, and good times. Light chokeholds. Yeah, hello, hello. Do you want to go? You're like, you're like. Ah, ah, ah. Are we having a go? He's got your foot off the ground by the hair, or the squeeze on the middle of your wrist. You know that one, like the fingers inside the bone squish, where it's like, oh my god, you can't <laughs> feel anything, and it hurts so much. Have you ever got that yeah, one? Yeah, and tell me mercy. Mercy. Hello. How you doing, love? Ah, oh, you're just like dying. Well, I remember Jet used to give me these bear hugs until I was like this one time at like a hot Christmas or whatever. We were both banged up, and he'd give me these bear hugs where he picked me up and squeezed me as hard as he could, and I was like, "Stop." It was yeah. Uh, on this one occasion, he picks me up and he squeezes me, and I'm like, "Ah!" And my nose starts to bleed. <laughs> he squished the brains and, right out of you. Yeah, yes, and I'm like, I'm like, if you finally let go of me, horrified, and I was so angry, I rate like pushing him. I'm like, "Why are you doing this? I, I have like my arms, everything. This is all I have. Is how my I do." My job is like I have to use my body. What this the hell is not are you doing? Fun. Oh, I had to tell him like I, you can't do this anymore. But like, you guess he figured with the nosebleed that like enough is enough, man. It's also a very specific type of humor. Yes, like and the, it's not funny when it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like the, he just the didn't twist know his the own wrist strength. or the. Burn the wrist or the oh the, oh yeah those are the worst or the like knuckle to the shoulder like the whack yes. those things yeah or the towel or, snap or the grab of the hamstring 
the inside of the leg grab. Yeah, yes, or the or um, the top, the top of the knee, like just above it. I'd put it in the same category as the you know someone comes up behind you and sort of collapses your knee. Yeah. Yes. No, the new one is when is jumping up in the air and then they kick your legs out so you land like on your flat on your back or worse. Like how stupid is that? that? It's kid. It's one of these trending kids things. Like they jump up and they kick your legs out while you're in the air. No. And you like smash your head on the concrete, and next thing you know, you can't taste or smell. No. And everyone's laughing. No. Or the guy gets down behind you, and another dude pushes you over. No. Yeah. No. Or the pull the chair out before you sit on it. I mean, it starts with the tap on the far shoulder, look away. (laughs) Those are that's a tell. If a kid's doing that in grade two, they're going to be towel snapping in no time. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's towel like, or the you know the licking your finger and sticking it in the ear, like just so disgusting. That was never my scene. That's just like the meningitis handoff, the wet willy. (laughs) Yeah. Pinching nipples, like, come on, man. Oh, a purple nurple? Can't be doing that. Yeah. When was the last time you were in an environment where someone purple nurpled somebody? Hockey players. Anytime no. they're on hockey. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> For sure, you're getting a purple nurple if you're hanging around in a t-shirt with hockey players at some point. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. how fast did I say that? Super fast. <laughs> so, do, do you shave your chest so you're ready for it? Because the hair the- hair element of that makes it extra bad. Yeah. I I'm not gonna. Uh, so that if. A funny situation happened to me over the weekend. I'm not going to name names, but it was one former hockey player that called me thinking I was the another former hockey player. And, and the whole time I was trying to tell him that it, I wasn't this person he was trying to say it was because he was too banged up. <laughs> and it started with texting me when I'm like, I'm not this person. I'm the other person that uh, you knew. So former hockey player, like, would I know yeah. this person's name? Probably. And yeah. th- they're banged up. Yes. Texting and you saying, hey, man, te- you're someone yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you're yeah, not. Like, and I'm not. And this is, like, going on for hours. And then he starts calling me. Like, you know, like the banged up phone calls where it's, like, one after the other ringing. Oh, because he thinks you saying, no, I'm not, is this guy doing a bit. No, he never acknowledged the no, I'm not. He would just laugh or write something else. This is how banged up the guy was. And then the guy, finally, I get on the phone. And it's like, hey, how's it going? I haven't talked to you in a long time. And uh, blah, blah. By the way, I'm not this person. And he's like, yeah, your voice sounds lower. But then he would just start talking about the good times. Oh, <laughs> so, man. So there was like, so the phone call didn't work to persuade uh, him that I wasn't this person. And then the, the text continued. I go, well, this will be funny tomorrow when you wake up and see that, that I've already told you a hundred times this is Jeremy Taggart. 
not this other person. So did he circle back so, the next day and go, man, that, sorry, next, things got a little hectic? Yeah, next day, no texts. And then later that night, more like, oh my God, man, we had this, remember this time? Remember no. we did this? Yes. Like, I'm still, it's still going on. This has been like three, three, four days. Were they at least, like, the second time, was he, he at least, like, talking to you or he still thought you were the other dude? No, the, the best part was, like, this is Jeremy Taggart. He's like, yeah, Taggart. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Send me his number. Oh, and I'm like, so I'm like, wow. I sent them the, the, the number that he's texting, and, he's, and he sent back that number again with a question mark. And I'm like, yeah, haha, this is Taggart. He's like, yeah, man, I love Taggart. Give me his number, man. I'm like, holy cow, there's oh. no talking to him because it's just a circle that it goes in again. It just starts over. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> do you write back every time? I stop writing back. Just like, so, like the last ones, I was like, oh my God, he still thinks it's me. Dang. Or the other guy. Kind of funny that I'm it there. does get, it, it bums me out a little bit because he's obviously uh, banged um, up. Having a hard time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I so, want yeah. to hear about Nashville, and I want to tell you about Sloan playing in the T dot. But you yeah. go first. So Nash- How was it? Nashville was great. It was a great time. Uh, great. The, the performance went well. The, the band played great. It was an awesome experience. It was really busy. So it was one of those like ah, oh, like I said, I like I I don't know I, when I'm coming. I was there, so I texted a couple friends of mine that I was there, and they're like, oh yeah, we got to hook up. But it was like. No, one of those ones where it's like you wanted to say hi or it got to the point where I just didn't, I stopped saying that I was even there because like I was like four days but no time to say hello to anybody. Yeah. And Opryland is kind of a little bit out of the way comparison. It's not like you're right downtown. So anyway, it sucked in that regard because I wanted to say hey to a couple people at least but didn't have a chance to. But it was uh, it was a really great time. So was, did uh, you go on the strip, listen to some music yeah, we and stuff? Out, we went out a couple nights. Um, my bud Mike got up with me at Tootsie's. No <laughs> we, way! Uh, <laughs> yeah, we did uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." <laughs> How did you get there. up there? Well, because there was a lot of people from. The company point click care at the at the uh, venue. Okay, so they like booked the club. No, they didn't book the club. They're just like literally like sixty percent of the occupants were from the company because there was like two thousand plus people down there at, at once. So it was just a lot of people there. But they, you know, when they pass around the bucket, I guess one of the the, the uh, I think it was Curtis. I'm not sure. Who it was? I think it was Kurt. Oh no, I can't remember. There's a couple people that were involved that put money into the bucket and like got said, "Can you get Mike up there with Jeremy?" and uh, kind of persuaded it to happen. But it was fun. And the funny part is, Mike ended up like almost blowing his voice completely out. Like you know how when we go on the road and yeah. after night two or three, like even though you speak every night. When you're at a bar talking over people and trying to keep your voice loud and whatever, he, the next morning he was like, ah, oh, like couldn't, couldn't talk or Little sing. Throat but coat. Throughout throughout the day, I got the throat coat and got back together for the next performance. But man, 
It was a great experience to to uh, to play at Tootsie's, though. Well, so the reason uh, I ask how you ended up there is because every drunk yeah. would be that shows up in the bar can't get up on stage. So, I mean, in your case, obviously, you're a ringer, but not everyone who's like, hey, can I hop up would be able to back it up, right? How do they manage that? I yeah, guess in, well, in this case, thing. you guys were kind of pre-approved or something. Exactly. I think if it was mo- mostly because I had experience, and so they trusted that. And they, like one of the, the band members was Canadian, as usual, right? In some regard, always. Nice. So there was knowledge of who I was, and uh, it was good. It was good times. So um, <clears throat> did you like the city? Yeah, well, it's been a while since I've been been there. So, but again, I was kind of like in the hotel the most of the week. Did you see any MAGA hats or anything? I did, I didn't. No, thankfully. Yeah. No, I didn't get MAGA'd. So I think there was a few kind of MAGA hats like, around. I was in in the company. People were all they're all very forward thinking and super intelligent and awesome. So. I, it was it was kind of in the bubble, I guess you know. Um, it's such a fun town, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting it's all MAGA hats. It's very forward thinking no, city, yeah. and there's a beautiful. I think uh, country music is the seventh largest industry there. It's tech. It's Vanderbilt. There's a beautiful opera house. Um, yeah. The downtown you know, is was, clean. Like it's a great it was, city, but that element definitely does exist in that part of the world. It, it was amazing to see uh, just the amount of musicians working. Yeah. You know? Like every bar has three floors or whatever, and there's bands on every floor, and they're all working. And if not in the bars, they're in the studios all the time. And I think it's the only place left in the world where you can have like a nine-to-five, five-day-a-week job as a musician. Hmm. And then if you want to work at night, you can, but you can literally just be... In the studio all day, yeah. So that's uh, something something to behold. It was a pretty amazing, cultivated uh, music situation for musicians. That's there. And, yeah, you uh, felt it, right? That. Oh man, yeah. Did you feel that like me these sa- are my people? It makes me. Well, it makes me sad because like it's a great time and everyone's having so much fun, and there could be an area in Toronto or any other city in. Canada, where it's just music heavy, yeah, and there's bands everywhere, and it's just, it's awesome, and it just makes doesn't make sense that that uh, you know you go to Austin or if you go to any, even Bourbon Street, like when you hear music all over the place, and it's not just like old music or certain types of music, it's everything. You hear current hits and current styles, and yeah, it just. And every, like everyone listens to music more. Everyone, there's no question of that. And, and people might pop people. in. Yeah, so it just it makes no sense to me that that's not a thing. That there's not a, a place in Toronto where you can go see live music every night. Just doesn't make sense. You hear that a lot with comics too, who move to London and yeah. can play three shows a night, any night of the week. Yeah. Um, Whereas but in Toronto, not the case in Toronto, there are a couple venues, right? Or, or if you have a gig in music or comedy, you can't play anywhere else. You, you're not allowed to because mm. the booking is says, well, you know, 
this is the show you're doing here this month and if anything else would be competition so it, it, it's uh it sucks and it doesn't get any better anywhere like montreal's a little better but vancouver is terrible for uh, being a band like it's there's nowhere to play at all vancouver? vancouver yeah it's really hard really well there's just there's no places to develop to, to develop and i mean at least in ontario you can kind of there's cities that are close enough together that you can hop in the van and grind it out but out west it's rough yeah and everything's so far apart here like touring in the states you, you can you know go to a whole new city with a whole new bunch of gigs an yeah, hour and a half northeast. away you could have a career in just the northeast yeah just from all the cities Right, I guess. I guess it's not just Europe. Like New York, obviously, has a lot more comedic opportunities too. You can play a lot of shows in New York on any given night. Um, but yeah. yeah, Toronto's not that way. Weird. So yeah, all in all, great trip, uh, great time, great peeps, and uh, yeah, it was a felt blast. good to be playing. Yeah, it was fun. It was just fun to be because uh, there was a lot of rehearsals and just to, just to be. Uh, constantly playing jams and hanging with musicians it's fun even though uh they're, they're working for the company a lot of these guys can rock you know and the girls there's they're they're talented so it's really fun i i feel like we have discussed before how when you're a performer ultimately it doesn't matter if you're playing to seven people or seven thousand people or somewhere in between at a certain point, you're still putting on a show. The same muscles get engaged. The same juices start flowing. And, you know, with, with a bit of uh, sway between a huge gig and a tiny one. But that's where it all makes sense, right? Being on stage and playing and working at your craft. and Well, I, because it's, it, yeah, it's different because, you know, you're playing with people that are kind of nervous and they, they haven't done it that much. So it's it makes it a whole oh, new wow. kind of perspective, you know. So you're trying to, uh, it's a team environment. You're just trying to keep everybody together and on the same page and... You know, you can rehearse all you want, but to play a show, especially if you haven't, um, you know, you just, you're nervous. Oh, so, so the maps were do... nervous. Oh, yes, absolutely. And they should be. Because it's like, you don't even, sometimes you just, you're excited and you question, you know, you think, well, that's scared because <laughs> you're not used to the yeah. feeling, right, to be that excited. So I was just reminding uh, a few of them that were, you know, obviously nervous. Just that that uh, the most important advice I ever got was from uh, the Van Halen guys, like Alex and Ed. They were like uh, two two things. Nobody out there cares <laughs> whether you make a mistake or not. That it they don't care that people don't give a shit when they're listening to a concert. Hmm. And it, like they're they're there to, to like they're not concerned about what you're feeling. You know what I mean? Like no one's like, oh no, I hope they're not. I can tell they're nervous or whatever. Like you, so you have to pretend. I said, just play the music as if you were in your car singing along to a song you love. That's the space that you should be in because um, anything else is 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 just it doesn't make sense. And I said, especially if it's a musician. 
that someone that can play, that person, they always want you to fail. <laughs> like they, that, like the, that's who the Van Halen guys like. They want you to suck. They number one, they never paid to get in. And number two, what do you they, mean? They, uh, Other musicians <laughs> are the worst audience. Yeah, for sure. They really were like, don't don't play for musicians and don't give a crap about musicians because they never pay to get in and they don't care about your performance and they think they're better than you no matter what. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, either way, like all those thoughts, it just kind of, it makes you just not, like, why would I care about what other people think in this situation? Like, I've already rehearsed this to the point where it feels I can get through it once and there's no problems and it's comfortable. So just relax you know there's nothing impossible there's no things that are can't be done you've already smoothed it out so you just have to just have fun and just enjoy it see i feel this way about hosting people in your home it doesn't matter if the something's burnt or something's a little overcooked or uh, takes longer to eat than you hoped the only thing that matters is that people feel like you wanted them there Exactly. And for I, sure. I always say this to the girls about performing too. Like, no one knows what the plan was. So, if the plan changes, as long as you don't show your hand, yeah. nobody's going to be any the wiser. And if you're having fun, the audience will be having fun because uh, it, that stuff is infectious and contagious. I also tell them that nervous and excited are the same feeling. And mm. your stomach's doing flip flops and your palms are sweaty and all that stuff. Um, and it, it's true. People don't want you to suck, generally. They want you to be great. I yeah, well, too. in terms Actors of... Actors auditioning in, all the time, too. Like, when someone yeah. comes in, you're on the other side of the table, <laughs> and they're really nervous. Yeah. Like, I want someone to come in and crush it. And, and the worst-case scenario is, you're not right for this part, but I'm going to remember you because you were awesome, and I'll write you another part or come up with something different. But yeah. um, people generally speaking don't want you to suck they want you to be awesome yeah and it's uh you're, you're it's it's funny because you're only nervous for a, a, an amount of times whether that's like four or five because you've never done it at all but eventually you're going to get comfortable and that's I mean, that's what acting is, is when you see someone comfortable with the line and you don't see that, that they're concerned. So that becomes real, you know, real acting, right? So if they're talking to you without being nervous, then that's, they're already showing skills of acting yes. as opposed to being kind of the deer in the headlights thing. When I think also you can, you can help yourself by doing the work. And if you know the lines or you know the yeah. music and you've practiced a lot and you're feeling pretty good about that, the nerves will kick in, but you'll be able to manage them better if some of it at least is muscle memory. I was surprised. That, I watched a clip yeah. with 50 Cent this morning and he said, I'm nervous for the first minute I get on stage and then I become 50 Cent. Seems inconceivable that he would still feel nervous, but I think... Somehow it just means you're taking it seriously and want to do your best. Yeah. Well, and I heard that uh, to learn something, you have to kind of listen to it multiple times. I think the number's like 18 times is a great 
example of a number that until something sticks, whether you're learning a song wow. or li- lyrics or lines, like 18 times, which is a lot if you think about it, uh, running through it or going through an arrangement, hmm. notably, where you're like, this is this is the song, 18 times of that should uh, stick it so it's like you can relax and... Because that's the best feeling is playing or doing anything, performing when you know it, you know it cold. So then you can just have fun with it. So then, do you like if some of these songs weren't songs you would typically listen to in your car? Is it as fun to play because you're still playing, or is there yeah. an added layer of fun when you're playing songs you absolutely love? It's fun because. I- I think most songs, if they're hit songs, have good rhythm. So it doesn't really oh, matter yeah. about the song. So yeah, the, it's more about uh, trying to portray it in a, in a way that's, that's uh, true, you know, and fun and good. So yeah, it's... Um, whether it's an ACDC or a frickin' Lady Gaga song, you, it's, it has to kind of have a a lit fire under under the rhythm and all those you know how pop songs are like the rhythm the beat is everything in those songs in terms of the hookiness and the strength of the of the rhythms were you trying to play some songs that were um t- probably typically electric drums or like I don't, I don't dj know. beat <clears throat> pop songs or not really yeah i don't know if we were doing it's more like cuz it's like kill killers, and even Radiohead, and so it's more kind of be- like Shania Twain. Uh, so like they're real. Like there's always a band generally. From um, yeah, if and if it's a drum machine vibe, then I'll just kind of simplify the pattern and play that. But generally, it's more kind of you know like don't stop believing. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't believe that Steve Smith drum pattern in that song. It's like it's so much the same. And I don't know if it's Neil Sean or who it was. It was like just stop. Don't change the pattern. And it's like after a while, I'm like, holy cow, this song. What do you mean? Like no little... no fills or anything? No, there's a couple of fills, but the beat doom, it's just the same. The, you, you know the this the one two three four like the the three is on the on the tom and then it goes to doom doom so it's like doom doom bat doom 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 so that second snare is on the tom so once you you're, that's different alone as it is but by the time you're doing it from you know, to the you know the bridge or the whatever it's like holy fuck man enough with the tom for christ's sake <laughs> but but it's fine you get used to it is but it, it hard to like not play the song the way you would play it if it was your song or you play it as close as you can to well, the original i mean it, it it feels better even because it because you get used to it so it just feels better to hit that tom <laughs> and then the you know the accent on the on the ride symbol before that ding ding the upbeats that you love yeah right <laughs> Ticket to time. But, but that guy did get fired like right after that record, so who knows? Right? And it could have been that's like why didn't he change the beat? Because the rest of the band was like, 
Can you stop it with the Tom? Stop. (laughs) Um, Let's take a quick break, bud, and then uh, we'll talk about Sloan in the T dot. Oh yeah, right. Be right back. Hello. So uh, Sloan was in the Maritimes for a little swing this past week. They started in Summerside, had a big show in Charlottetown at a new or big show in Halifax at a new venue there called the Lighthouse Arts Center that's in the um, former World Trade Center in Halifax. And it was, it's kind of a venue that Halifax was missing, like for a few thousand people, live Mm. music, that kind of setup. Um, And they packed them in pretty good. Uh, And then they played a couple of smaller shows to kind of fill in the dates between uh, the bigger ones, Um, which is a great model, right? If you're on the road, you might as well play a show. Um, Mm -hmm. So... I was lucky enough to see them at the Marigold Center in Truro, which is probably a 200 seater. And I was thinking about it as we were talking about whether your approach is different for a stadium or a small show. I would say in the case of Sloan, the approach was not that much different. They played Mm -hmm. hard and they played well and um, was great to see our buddy Goose, who is the keyboard player and multi-instrumentalist in the band. He has a Mm three-month-old baby named Betty. He and uh, Lindsay. So I know from my limited experience touring with you that sometimes when you're on the road, you're just kind of in the zone and thinking about uh, what time do we have to be at the venue and sound check and where's the merch and that kind of stuff when you tour the way we do. Um, But I was really happy that Goose kind of peeled away from the show, from, from the tour for a couple hours and we got to hang. Yeah, um, nice. It was great. It was great to see him. I haven't seen him since Bo's Oktoberfest. Remember, Sloan yep, played there, yeah. and we were there. He's such a sweet guy, um, and uh, great musician. But it was right interesting. On. I felt so lucky to see uh, Sloan in a venue that size, because you get to see uh, up close just what incredible musicians they are. Yeah, that's um, red. By the way, I uh, should mention that Greg has a new album uh, called Night Plow uh, that he made with a buddy of his, um, and it's coming out February 24th. Uh, nice. Yeah, a great musician. Check out anything mm-hmm. he's ever done. He's, he's one of those guys that, like, is it Limbless? He plays, with, every, he plays, with, he plays with everybody. Yeah, he's played kinda. with uh, Whitehorse, my, uh, yeah. my cousin Luke. Um, mm-hmm. Just one of those dudes, everyone loves him, and he's a great musician. This was the thing about seeing Sloan uh, now. I think it, I I get the sense that, like all musicians, they probably weren't able to play much live in the last few years, and maybe that has reignited a passion and a spark and a sense of joy. It seemed like everyone was having fun. And Chris, as you know, is so naturally funny and uh, commanding. Um, mm-hmm. of an audience but they have so many bangers man and just to watch them uh do si do the instruments around i'll play drums for a couple you play bass for a couple i'll sing a couple uh was really just an uh uh an awesome show and great to see them play and it's always my instinct when people come to town to sort of lay low and hide um but I'm so thankful that I went because they, for my money, seen them uh, several times over the years. I don't think they've ever sounded better. Great. 
Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, Patrick what? was just there... ripping some face melters, and Jay's so locked in, and uh, Andrew's voice sounded incredible. Um, they did People they, of the they... Sky, which is one of my all-time favorites. It's just uh, that there really are kind of uh, the ultimate band. If they're sw- swapping it up like that, you know, that's that's uh, a sign of just mu- musicians together. And yeah, it makes sense that, that they're kind of the... It's such a East Coast thing because everybody's so learned musically to just swap around instruments and jump on. Like, it's it seems like all those East Coast acts had that ability to play multiple instruments. And it, it's... Pretty um, interesting. It, it is interesting to see that uh, I get the sense that they are kind of different personalities, some more introverted, some more extroverted, some probably drink, some probably don't. Um, they they each write songs. Uh, Andrew's a painter, um, has a, a nice painting career on the side. Um, some have kids, some don't. Like, they're very different individuals, but you realize that mm. the band is bigger than the sum of its parts. And sure. that, that you know better than me, that that is um, like people that you go to camp with. You can never take that away. That's a lot of miles on the road with the same small group of people. And uh, what a life that must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Cheers to them. I, I, my, my only wish is that they were bigger. You know, I, I always thought that they would... They deserve to be massive around the world. Well, so when they were in town, the girls were like, so tell me about Sloan. And and without even thinking about it, I said they were always a few years older than me and light years cooler than me. But I remember in the early 90s in Halifax, when they signed that deal in Seattle, they were the next Nirvana by all accounts. And it was fun to hear some of those songs too, like 500 Up is still a jam. Yeah. Um, And I remember, you know, you'd see them around town at that time. And uh, Matt Murphy is one of the great songwriters in Canada from Flashing Lights. And um, uh, what was his other band? Uh, Super Friends? Yeah. Yeah, Um, You'd see those dudes around. But it, it was always like there was a level of hero, hometown hero that the Sloan guys had. And, uh... They were on Street Sense in 1992 doing a piece about getting cheap musical instruments. Classic. Um, And, like, just so cool, man. And that's not something you can fake. They just are that. Um, So it was a great night out for the Torrenses, that's all I'm saying. And and you were nice enough to bring the cinnamon cinnamon buns. Yeah, yeah, we got got some cinnies at a place called Jamali's in town. (laughs) Um, Cinnies. Yeah, Greg came out to the Torrens Ranch and uh, hung out for a couple hours. And I I know that feeling like you feel kind of guilty being away from the circus. And you're sort of... uh, feeling the pull to get back but it's a nice break oh, yeah. at the watching same time the, watching, the, watching the clock a little bit because you don't want to forget yeah you know, all of a sudden yeah for sure like how did you manage that stuff like uh, it, they alluded to during their Halifax show like um, I think they posted after we haven't always played well in Halifax and it's because we go to our uh, childhood homes for dinner and there are people to see from elementary school and the show is kind of an afterthought true um did you, uh, I know people that don't want to see anyone, 
when they're on the road, they're just kind of in the zone the whole time. What was your move? Yeah. Well, it depends on the show. Usually hometown shows, you try to... I would try to, like, not hang out just because... It's different for Sloan because they usually... Because they eventually were going home to Halifax and they were from Toronto at that point, right? Yeah. So in Toronto was, like, always where I lived and where all the family is. So I'm usually, like, avoiding everybody until after the show. Because it's too much. Well, because once, yeah, once you start chatting, then you're you're gone. Like, you're stuck. And that will happen, where you get sucked up and... You know, next thing you know, you're r- racing back to make sure you get there on time. What's your pregame? Like, do you do stretches or anything? Or no, no. I'm like a. I don't need. St- I don't like. I n- never had. Wa- I never warmed up. I was. Ne- I always felt if I was practicing with a, a pad, it was do. It would do the opposite. Hmm. For some reason, like I felt tense if I was, I I wasn't loosening up. It was almost like I was, uh, when you're playing kind of fiddling around for me anyway, light or backstage, you kind of get used to that. And then your first, first 10 notes are very, way more than that. So I would feel like I'm getting prepared for something that wasn't happening by just kind of farting around light. It's like when you hit a bucket of balls before you golf, and then on the 14th hole, you're like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Well, if you don't golf much, yeah, those like, you should have just hit the first tee. (laughs) That is true, because you don't realize, like, yeah, try swinging 100 times on the range. Before you start. And then you're like, you're done. You're finished. But yeah, with music, it's. Uh, I just felt it was like preparing for something else, and my arms would be like, wait a second, like tense because they were just kind of I don't know, never got, never got. I would have to, like now they have full practice kits and stuff, but like, I don't know. I just like to always just to have the first song of the set be kind of chill, and that's the best way to to ease into it because ah. you're. You're playing your way into it as opposed to just rat tat tat and so then what was your warm up like or or ritual there, was, there wasn't but like did did you need a, a minute to just be by yourself in the quiet or did you guys hug no. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we would do like a handshake before this really always yeah, did yeah. the handshake change or it was yeah. always the same just hands in the middle. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all, it's very necessary for shows just because, uh, it gets you on the same page yeah. right away. Cause generally if like there's anything going on, it goes away there. Yeah. Because, right. Like, I know we waited in the lobby for 10 minutes for you. You kept us waiting, <laughs> yeah. but shake it off. Well, right. Yeah. Battle time. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, it's just necessary energy wise to, 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 cause you are, on the same page at that point you connect in a way so and it focuses you on okay this is what's happening and this is what we're doing and yeah it's very important to no do matter that when we're all to put no on matter what show. we're all one right now yeah yeah um our buds fortunate ones were nominated for a juno yeah nice were Love you that. surprised that arcade fire was nominated yeah that's kind of surprising you know, um, 
like uh, if you're gonna stand on something, then you should, uh, you know, be obvious with it. Like obviously, there's allegations. Um, I don't know if where they they weren't dropped by their label, were they? I don't know. Because, like, for example, Matthew Good, like when you see their label dropping them and saying this is enough, like there's enough allegations that this is not cool and we're going to make a statement. Did his label drop him? I don't think so. And I don't, I'm not, like, I don't know. I know there are allegations and it's enough to be concerned. So I think at this point it's a personal choice for people around them. Uh, I wouldn't go see him. Huh. But... Um, interesting because, uh, I think last year or the year before, um, Headley had nominations and I think the Junos uninvited them or took their nominations back or something. So they do have the ability to do that. Um, but I know, yeah, I don't know. I know the last couple of years in the best rock category, there were, uh, women nominees and women have won, I think the last two years and there were no female nominees this year and that was a source of friction not only were there not but um the maths were nominated man tricky yeah. tricky times like some uh some of those situations are very clearly cut and dried um but i don't envy people that are in uh jobs they never thought would uh have to factor those things in yeah as well you know don't get me wrong some decisions are very very clear but uh you think of like um connor bedard for example the uh very obvious number one choice in the upcoming draft there's much discussion around whether the blackhawks are just going to tank their season so they get a good shot at him there's wide speculation that gary bettman would not allow that to happen because they botched uh their behind the scenes stuff in the last couple of years and he wants to punish them for that and might mm. rig it so that Connor Bedard goes to Arizona. Like, might rig it like they rigged the other ones. <laughs> what what do you mean? David like you're trying to tell me that you, well Edmonton, Toronto, you don't think those were back backhanded deals that were just sorted? Like if if there's a chance that nobody needs to know what why, wouldn't that be the thing? You know what I mean? Like, give me a fucking break. There's no way those aren't all set up. And there's like, you get to go next year. Don't cry on the conference call, right? Well, (laughs) I guess. Come on, Austin Matthews to Toronto. Like, that's, there's no way that just happened from a ping pong ball randomly. Like, there's no chance. Well, now the funny thing is. They want Connor Bedard to go to Arizona because they're building a new rink and want to draw people there. Yeah, exactly. Just send Austin Matthews to Arizona. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the option. Or they give them what they want because, like, for some reason, Batman seems to do everything in his power to keep that franchise in Arizona going, even though it's, like, been struggling since its inception, right? Makes no sense. Like, even Halifax, the World Juniors made it clear... That they can pack that rink. They could, yeah, anywhere in Canada. They could add four more teams, but you just keep seeing this like cheese ball, like, no, no, we gotta make it in the States. <laughs> right? That's all they care about. I wonder why. And viership they, they is down enough. many, they many have, percent. 
22%, I heard. Yikes. A- and the, the bottom line is there are thriving American franchises, so just let it go. Like, you got, you're, there's enough there. But, like, give the people what they want, and clearly Canada could use a few more teams. It's great economically. It's, it's great for morale of a city. And it, it, it would sell out right away. In probably three or four cities. You could add another one in Toronto. You could go to Saskatchewan. You could give Quebec City their team back and go to Halifax as well. And they would all thrive. But whatever salad, eh? Well, I know there's a CFL uh, team uh, sort of in play in Halifax and has been for a long time. And the decision is Halifax or Moncton, where should the stadium be? Would people pack it? Those kinds of things. And I think an NHL team is actually a safer bet. I don't doubt people would attend uh, CFL games here. They've done test games, even at Acadia, for example, and packed them in pretty good. But it's... um, uh, it's more of a risk in some ways than an NHL team is. I think NHL team, you could put one in Halifax and Moncton, and they would both be fine. Hmm. Like, it's it's that nuts. We know our boy Nick Zildjian would be on that in Moncton, eh? Sure he would. Yeah. Um, I saw him. I was doing a, a Keeper's Tour in Fredericton, and he was there getting booze for some event he was producing. <laughs> Awesome, that's really One of the, like, King of Kensington styles, like, just kind of Mr. Guy. Yeah. It always has a big smile on his face and uh, just a great cat. He's a beauty. He is a beauty. Yeah. So what's new in Taggart Town? Did you say, uh, is it John is home for a few days? Why? Well, no, the kids have exams, high school boys, John and Jack, so they're off. And uh, I think it's a PA day for... Anna? So exams are still a thing at the high school level. Yeah, yeah, big and time. What percentage of your mark does it count for? A uh, good chunk. Like if you're if uh, if you're doing poorly, it can help save you. So it's enough of that. Yeah. And if you're if you're uh, doing well, you have to do well on it if you want to get aces, right? I remember reading. And it's so true. I tell this to the girls all the time, too. Um, like, ways to succeed on your exams. And yeah. one of them was uh, avoid... Listen in class. That's the only way. Well, that's a good way, too. But uh, <laughs> And the classic, like, read it all the way through first. Because if, uh, you know, uh, like those rumors where the last line says, don't do anything on this test. Just to check if you read well, all the way through. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you exactly in what's the deal is. Jack, who you know kind of listened in class and kept up with the homework, is like bre- easy breezy this week. And John, who kind of w- you know waited and had a little more difficulty in doing stuff as it goes, uh, is like he was up for like two days straight for the last. Freaking. You know, yeah, just like stressing and trying to get stuff done and. Uh, so, yeah, it's, and even John himself said, like, you know what? All I have to do is just listen when they're telling me the lessons, and I can retain that information more than not hearing and then studying the points. Because he says the first time you hear stuff, and he has a crazy, crazy memory, it just sticks. 
So like he had exams where he's like, I remember hearing this this uh, lesson or whatever. So it's like it's uh, the cramming and the studying isn't as necessary as just hearing what the lesson is well, off the top. I always think about that too, how kids with a good memory have an advantage because you're not even really learning so much as just no, memorizing. remembering and writing. Well, that's school though. School is, is more memorizing and p- cut and paste those thoughts onto paper to get a grade. It's more that than opinions and getting more intelligent. Like, I guess university is when that starts to happen, where you're actually, you've done the lessons, now it's more about your opinion and what you're trying to do and whatever it be, like math, and, you know, in terms of math, uh, all those things become more interesting. You start talking about what math can actually do, the creative parts of math, the equation side that you can implement on things from the lottery to whatever, you know, like actual creative math where you don't learn that in high school. So it's a big, uh, I don't know, it's, it's hard for kids that are really creative in, in high school because university is much more creative and gives, I think, more of a, of a platform to, to, to your ambition than high school is where it's just kind of cut and paste how to how to learn things and it turns a lot of good minds off i think but whatever it's like it's it's impossible to to bridge that curriculum right from university to to grade school right it's not it's not something i would want to try and tackle but it's it's uh i don't know like i think in a perfect world you'd have you'd find those students that are having difficulty learning the the normal way and try and bridge them to the creative side of the learning. That hmm. might be more difficult, but still will get the kid stepped up, you know, stepping on a better path. I know, to, uh, you know teachers are dealing with a lot and teaching you know, one class at a bunch of different levels and... Trying to not yeah, let the and, super engaged kids get bored and trying to not and leave they, the other kids who don't learn as easily behind. And it's yeah, hard, man. And they but get less and less and less money every every year and yeah. less and money to do extra stuff. It and I, I know that um, uh, some of the stuff the girls are learning is curriculum. I also know for a fact, because I remember when I learned it, knowing at the time, I will never use this in my life. S- some things are important foundations and transferable skills and stuff like that. But I don't know. I I just wish you could choose your path a little earlier if you had an instinct uh, and and get to go all in on the things that you're good at and interest you. Like if you see that a lot of kids just don't know what they want to do and they're not really, how can they expect it to be when you're 16 years old how are you supposed to really know what you want to do unless you have some like innate magnetic pull to something you know that's great that that happens once in a while but a lot of the time people have to kind of try and figure out something that they like and then maybe something that they're not even crazy about that will lead them to something that they like yeah you know that's that's the, the difficulty of that age is like 
one, forcing an opinion that they have to figure it out and giving them the stress of worrying about a family and all these things before they even have a job, you know, that's not a good idea. It's the mindset they they need to be in is uh, just focus on the present and uh, try and do well in your classes, but keep an open mind to what you want to want to be. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm so naive. I, I wish, I wish people could start with what do you love and what excites you? And then figure yeah. out how those skills can be applied to a way to make a living. Um, but not everyone gets to do something for a living that they absolutely love. I know, but if unless you like dance or movies or, you know, those things that are kind of tangible to a career in those worlds, if you're not into those things, it's, it's, uh, it's really hard to say, well, what do you like? You know, ice cream or... You know, binge watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah, like right. It, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's when you really think about like because it's it's nowadays just the way that people are used to having information right in front of them. I'm sure that it's more difficult in a path because everything is so at your fingertips as opposed to get dirty and try this a little more. You can really kind of so I can imagine being that age now when you're trying to figure out okay well what what do i want to do <laughs> it would be cool if like in grade 10 or 11 you had to pick something and school encouraged you and gave you a mark for going and doing it for a month yeah i think i want to yeah. be a welder all right i'm going to job shadow a welder for a month well the other thing is like man those trades that's the difference is like you the stuff in the shop and and like Learning uh, carpentry and uh, anything and, and steel w uh, welding, like man, those are those are incredible positions, and you can make a lot of cash quickly if hey, you man. want to do those things now. I seriously, if, I am on team trade big time because you can oh, do it anywhere. I don't know of any trades that wish they yeah. had more work. Um, you can do it commercially, you can do it residentially, you can do it as a hobby. You can do you it for do it friends, an, nights, and weekends for cash. You could do it as an entrepreneur, like where you're just like, you don't even have to do it. Where you, If you're like, you want to start something where you have a company that does these things as well. Like There are people that partner with tradespeople and make companies and the... End up doing well, you know. There's just so many options. Remember my bud Damien, his kids. He had two sons. They wanted to go to university. He was like, "I right, here's what you're gonna do: get a trade, <laughs> yeah. use your trade to pay your way through university. Yeah, and so you're working your trade all the way through, and then the day you graduate, I'll give you a check for what you spent on your degree. So they have a mm -hmm. trade, they have a degree, and they have a little head start." I yeah. love that. He said the best part of it was they were too tired during university to get into any trouble because they had class and then they had to go uh, work their trade at night. There you go. Speaking of have to go, bud, it's Friday. Gates I have a lunch date with Carol in town in nine minutes. Well, then let's go. Have a great week, bud. You too, bud. What? <laughs>